0: The Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him whipped. The soldiers twisted some thorns into a crown and placed it on his head and put a purple garment on him. They went up to him and said, Hail, King of the Jews, and slapped his face. Pilate went outside again. I'm bringing him out to you. He told them to let you know I don't find him guilty of anything. Jesus came outside wearing the crown of thorns and the purple cloak. Look at the man, Pilate said to them. Then the ruling priest and the servants saw him. They shouted, Crucify, crucify him. Take him yourselves. Pilate told him, and crucify him. I don't find him guilty of anything. We have a law, the Jews answered him, and according to the law, he must die. He has claimed to be God's son. When Pilate heard them say that, he was frightened more than ever. He went into the palace again. Where are you from? he asked Jesus. But Jesus didn't answer him. Don't you speak to me? Pilate then asked him, Don't you know I have the power to free you or to crucify you? You wouldn't have any power over me, Jesus answered him, if it hadn't been given to you from above. That is why the man who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. This made Pilate anxious to let him go, but the Jews shouted, If you let him go, you're no friend of Caesar. Anyone who makes himself a king is against Caesar. When Pilate heard this, he took Jesus outside and sat in the judge's seat at a place called Stone Pavement, or Gabbatha in the Jewish language. It was the Friday of the Passover and about six o'clock. Look at your king! he said to the Jews. Then they shouted, Take him away! Take him away! Crucify him! Should I crucify your king? Pilate asked them. We don't have any king but Caesar, the ruling priest answered. Then Pilate handed Jesus over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and he, carrying his cross, went out to what was called Sculp Place, which the Jews call Golgotha. There they crucified him with two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Pilate also wrote a notice and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus from Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many Jews read this notice because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city And it was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. Then the ruling priests of the Jews told Pilate, Don't write the king of the Jews, but he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I've written, I've written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts. One for each soldier, and the tunic was left over. The tunic was without a seam, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another, but let's throw lots and see who gets it. What the Bible said had to come true. They divided my clothes among them, and for my garments they threw lots. So that's what the soldiers did. Now his mother and her sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary from Magdala were standing near Jesus' cross. Jesus saw his mother and the disciple he loved standing near. Woman, he said to his mother, there is your son. And he said to the disciple, there is your mother. The disciple took her and from that time on had her in his home. After this, knowing everything had now been done, and to have the words of the Bible come true, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there, so they put a sponge soaked in the wine on a hyssop stem and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had taken the wine, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up. His spirit. Since it was Friday and the Jews didn't want the bodies to stay on the crosses on Saturday because that Sabbath was an important day, they asked Pilate to have the legs of the men broken and the bodies taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first man and then of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw he was dead already, they didn't break his legs. But one of the soldiers stuck a spear into his side, and immediately blood and water came out. He who saw it has testified about it, and his testimony is true, and he knows he is telling the truth, so that you too will believe. In this way what the Bible said had to come true, none of his bones will be broken. And it says in another place, they will look at him whom they pierced. Later, Joseph from Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he was afraid of the Jews, asked Pilate to have him take Jesus' body away. Pilate let him have it. So he came and took his body away. Then came also Nicodemus, who had first come at To Jesus at night, he brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. They took Jesus' body and wrapped it with the spices and linen, according to the Jewish custom of burying the dead. There was a garden at the place where Jesus was crucified, and in the garden was a new grave in which no one had yet been laid. Here then, because it was Friday when the Jews got ready for the Sabbath, and the grave was near, they placed Jesus. This is the gospel of the Lord. Our sermon text is our reading from the gospel according to St. John. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It's shameful. Being on the cross is shameful. Shameful. And there Jesus is, he's on the cross, suffering with shame. Have you ever suffered with shame? Have you ever been ashamed of something? I've done things of which I've been ashamed. I knew it was wrong, but I did it anyway. I've acted in ways that brought shame on me. I've felt the shame at times like embarrassment on steroids. Shame is a sense that something is missing or wrong, and now we need to hide or cover ourselves. It is that awareness that I am separated from someone to whom I should be connected. When we bring shame on someone else, we do so by making public in our actions or deeds that separation, That broken relationship. And so shame is our brokenness being exposed. And it is exposed fully on the cross. Look where our deeds and actions lead. They lead to us crucifying our King. They lead to Jesus being stripped and exposed. In the Garden of Eden, we originally felt no shame. We were not separated from God or each other. But after we sinned against God, we sought to cover ourselves. We sought to hide who we are. We sought to cover up our shame and separateness by covering our bodies with leaves and hiding behind bushes. You deserve, though, to have your sin and shame exposed. You deserve to be stripped outright and be put on public display. You deserve to be labeled a sinner and rebel against God. You deserve to be regarded as a murderer because of your hate, lies, and so much more. But instead of you being crucified, Jesus is, he is nailed to the tree. He is hung before the crowds. He is exposed to the elements. He wears your shame. As Deuteronomy 21 verse 23 says, a hanged man is cursed by God. You see, he bears your curse. He wears the curse curse of sin. It's thorns. The thorns that Adam's sin brought into the world poke into his head. Our shame is his crown. He scorns the shame of the cross and bears your sins. Jesus hangs on the cross. His clothes stripped and taken from him. Your sins and my sins have done this to him. Our being separated from God is on full display. You see it in the taunts of the people. You see it in his being forsaken by the Father, as Psalm 22 describes. You see it in his death. An innocent man dying in place of the guilty. He suffers the shame of being the greatest sinner that ever was. He suffers the brokenness. He is separated from the Father and forsaken. All so that you don't have to be. He takes your shame so that you don't have to bear it anymore. And then he declares a beautiful word for you. To die. It is finished. And so it is. Your sins are done. Your shame is over. It is crucified, dead, and buried. The things you have done that brought shame on you and others are forever dead in Christ Jesus. He suffered your sin and shame to deliver you from it. Your separateness from God and from each other is ended. He has suffered in and with your shame to bring you restoration. He heals the brokenness with His brokenness, shedding His blood for you. He repairs the divide between you and God, for He has gone into the breach and brokenness itself and brought healing. With his life, his death, and his resurrection. God has changed your relationship to God. Jesus has restored you to the Father. All is well in Jesus. For in him, it is finished. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding... Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Depart in peace. The scripture reading prior to the sermon came from an American translation of the Bible.